Welcome back to another edition of NFL Reacts. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride. NFL Reacts is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. We got a ton to get to today. Obviously, absolutely crazy week in the NFL. Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz, Khalil Mack, all these players on the move, and we haven't even hit free agency yet. So let me welcome in Kate Magic of DK Nation, as well as Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co. We can talk about all the crazy NFL news, or we can just talk about the Batman for 45 minutes if you've seen it, because I've been begging everybody to talk to me about the Batman all week, but nobody else has seen it except for me. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be able to keep up, uh, and the Batman talk, but I definitely can dive into all of the news that we have, uh, and get into the discussion of the fallout of all of this, because there's so much to talk to. There's so much that's happened. My biggest concern at this point is that we're going to run out of exciting things that will happen before free agency hits. Um, and we won't get to like scratch, really scratch the free agency, uh, free agency itch. Uh, with all of the news that we've seen with the franchise tag, we were very excited for all of these wide receivers to hit the market and then tag, 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 uh, just to deflate our bubbles uh, and and eliminate any hopes for an exciting free agency market. But I mean, there's so much to talk about. I think uh, let's let's start from the top. Should we go big to small or small to big? How should we how should we approach this massive? mountain of news that we got this week so i think we just got to dive right into it uh the khalil mack news broke yesterday and we will get into some free agent stuff we've got our top five free agent fits that we'd like to see that we're going to discuss a little bit later in the show but nobody on the sb nation nfl show has had a chance to talk about the chargers making this huge move for bears pass rusher khalil mack so i want to dive into that to start things off they gave up a second round pick and a sixth round pick to Chicago, and they're basically taking on all this money from Khalil Mack. But we've talked about this Chargers team, and obviously with Justin Herbert, we know what his ceiling is, and it's you know one of the two to three best quarterbacks in the NFL. But their defensive line last year, outside of Joey Bosa, was one of the worst in the NFL. It was bad. They could not stop anybody on the ground. And you're getting in Khalil Mack, while he may not be, you know, one of those top three premier edge rushers like he was a few years ago at this point in his career. I think it's safe to say that Khalil Mack, when he is healthy, is still like top 10 to top 12 pass rusher in the NFL. He's still a very, very good player. So this is going to have an instant impact for the Chargers in what's going to be an absolutely insane AFC West now. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head just mentioning uh, Joey Bosa because putting these two uh, in in the same defensive scheme is going to be ridiculous. And it's going to be very hard for uh, opposing offensive lines to protect their quarterback with both of these guys in the mix. Um, last year, it, the Chargers had, you know, a fine pressure rate, but they didn't, they, they just didn't close out enough, uh, I think, for uh, having joey bosa uh on your on your staff they had 35 sacks total uh i think that number rises exponentially with khalil mack in your offense because i i mean you can't just uh you know put put two guys on on joey bosa anymore you have to worry about uh your quarterback from pretty much all angles the compensation i think is kind of wild i mean i i guess you could say appropriate for the fact that they do have to take on this contract for khalil mack but um, I mean, just absolutely brutal for the Raiders. I think that's the biggest loser in this whole situation um, because with Russell Wilson now in the division, Khalil Mack, uh, you know, making his way back into the division, uh, which now he'll get to face the Raiders, which is so fun in, a, in and of itself uh, twice a year. Is there any move? I think the like the biggest thing to discuss right now is there any move that the Raiders could make right now that is even going to make them remotely competitive in this division? Cause right now there's talks of, you know, a potential Derek Carr extension. Like what are the Raiders doing and what, 
could they do at this point? Because I feel like they should just pack it up and go home for the next five to 10 years and just call it a day. I think Josh McDaniels is trying to figure out how he can get out of his Raiders contract and go back to New England at this point. I mean, I think that's probably safe. I like I wouldn't want to leave my cushy job with the Patriots uh, who, you know, have plenty of uh, hopes on the on the horizon here. Uh, I would much rather be with the Patriots right now than have to face, uh, you know, this monster of a, a division. I just think. There's nothing like even if I could execute, uh, you know, me, GM Kate, the perfect GM for the the Las Vegas Raiders, even if I could execute like a perfect game plan where, uh, you know, picks uh, and the position of these picks, uh, you know, the salary cap were not an issue. I don't know how they would fix this franchise, period. Uh, to put them in a competitive spot. So I just blow it up, guys. Blow it up. Go home. Yeah, I I, be, I think that's where I'm at with the Raiders, too. It's the best thing they can do is give Derek Carr a chance to win somewhere else and actually, you know, trade him somewhere. And there was, you know, some kind of quiet rumblings about maybe them moving on. But it, it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case for them now. But So why even bother giving him this extension where, you know, he's going to demand uh, you know, decent compensation, at least he's not going to give you the hometown discount. Why waste this money? Cause it, you know, it feels like with Derek Carr, um, he's, he's like the Jeff Fisher of quarterback. Are you going to get a, a deep playoff run? Probably not. Will you have some winning seasons? Maybe. Uh, but it feels like you're right around that, like, you know, nine and nine and eight mark, 10 and 10 and seven mark. Like, that's what you're going to get with Derek Carr. Um, so the AFC West, just good God, look out. Um, and I yikes. think th- I think that they were kind of at that mark prior to this week's moves <laughs> that, that are just stacking the AFC West where, you know, I obviously the Broncos needed Russell Wilson and they needed that quarterback. And we'll get into the, the kind of fantasy impact of that trade here in a second. But like, Derek Carr is a solid NFL starting quarterback. And I would have to imagine that like Mark Davis and Josh McDaniels are looking at this. Well, we don't want to be the Panthers. We don't want to be that team that just is absolutely desperate to figure things out at the quarterback. Nobody wants to be the Panthers. Trust me. Uh, And we don't, and we don't want to be in this, you know, off season race for these mediocre veteran quarterbacks when, we already have that guy. So let's just roll the dice with that. And I, I think that that's probably how they're looking at it. Yeah, it's just it's a gross situation all around. But I mean, again, the the biggest piece here, uh, like the AFC West, already a competitive division. But, uh, you know, obviously we got to talk about the Russell Wilson trade. Um, I mean, gosh, Russell Wilson uh, just really puts the Raiders on their, on their tail ends, I think. But let's talk about the fantasy impact of that trade. Who's the biggest winner of the Russell Wilson trade for fantasy? And that could be a player from the Broncos or the Seahawks. Yeah. Uh, don't, uh, don't set your alarm for uh eight fifteen and accidentally have it at nine fifteen. <laughs> um, for fantasy impact, the Russell Wilson trade, it has to be like Judy, right? I, I would think Jerry Judy, just off of being able to to hit deep balls and stuff like that. Russell Wilson is still gonna run that vertical offense. Do we do we buy that Russell Wilson is gonna run, you know, some version of the Shanahan offense when we just saw him with a former McVay uh disciple as offensive coordinator and he just basically ran the same Russell Wilson offense that he's always ran? I I, I don't buy that. He's going to completely reinvent himself under Hackett. I, I think he's going to be the same type of guy. And if it's the vertical type system, I think Judy is the big winner. So, yeah, I wanted to get your guys take on that because I, I love Jerry Judy as a talent and as a young wide receiver that ha- in my mind hasn't really had the opportunity to to really see what you have in him so far in his NFL career. And you know, last year he was hurt for a significant amount of time. And then when he came back, maybe he wasn't a hundred percent fighting through that high ankle sprain, but 
I think that Cortland Sutton is the guy that I'm like most confident in right now succeeding in this offense, just because we've seen him do it before with far inferior quarterbacks. And I think he, he's that like typical mold of these kind of wide receivers that Russell likes to take those deep moonshots to Cortland Sutton's that guy who can go up and get the football and make those plays downfield. I, I feel like, I'm kind of more confident in Cortland Sutton, but I feel like it's just because I still have so many question marks about Jerry Judy. Well, and I think that the high ankle sprain that you mentioned earlier, like he spent some time on IR last season. Uh, we've seen with high ankle sprains that, you know, there's usually a, a, a decent period of time after these guys return before they look like the true versions of themselves. And uh, Jerry Judy, he's not um, like a, a super physical wide receiver, like where he, he makes his money is, um, you know, running the perfect route and, and executing there. Uh, I think the, the lower, lower body injury makes it a little bit more difficult for Jerry Judy to be Jerry Judy in the 2021 season. But, um, you know, I have to agree from a size perspective, like Cortland Sutton definitely has that advantage. He's six, four, two sixteen. Judy's a bit smaller, um, you know, my biggest question for, uh, you know, in trying to decide who's going to, you know, have the the biggest value increase here is uh, where does Judy play from next year? Because we saw last year he transitioned, uh, I think, nearly 75% of his snaps came from the slot. Whereas, you know, prior to that, we saw him play a bit more on the outside. Does he get more playing time on the outside? Because I think if so, him and Russell Wilson could have something pretty special uh, if he comes back to be the route runner that he is. But in terms of just that that absolute vertical threat, I think it comes down to Cortland Sutton. But both of these guys have room to cook. Uh, hashtag let Russ cook. What do we do about the running backs now? Because we're, I, I mean, like Javante Williams was one of the most overhyped running back prospects. Uh, I mean, what he accomplished in his, his rookie year was so incredible. Um I mean, the the rate at which he was forcing missed tackles was just absolutely bananas. And he was essentially a part-time running back. So, but, you know, it, I don't know how much more we can emphasize the run in Denver if we're going to let Russ cook and then we throw a likely Melvin Gordon re-signing into the mix. Uh, is, is Javante Williams maybe the biggest loser of this whole trade? I mean... I hope not, because uh, he's a guy that I really I love his talent and everything that I think that he can bring to the table. I think he can be like a number one running back. If they bring back Melvin Gordon, I'm just going to be mad. <laughs> For, but they probably I, will. It sounds yeah, like both sides want to get that done. Yeah, it sounds like they do want to bring him back, which, yeah, if that's the case, then yes, it, it is absolutely bad for Javante Williams. But I just think that Russell Wilson is going that this is the first time I feel like he's got that full complement of weapons where you could say like these guys have playmakers everywhere on offense. And I do think that they're going to have to try to build this thing to him. But like justice was saying, maybe part of the problem is Russell Wilson. And it's just that Russell Wilson's going to do what he does. And that's the way he wants to play is just those kind of vertical routes, those deep shots down the field and, and not really hit the things over the middle and kind of play within an offense. But that's the interesting thing, uh, you know, in terms of this whole trade, when I'm looking at the value, uh, you know, and and what the Seahawks lost versus what the, the Broncos gain, what Russell Wilson gets out of this situation, like Russell Wilson, I don't think outside of, you know, getting, getting a better offensive line and, and better pass blocking, I mean, I think uh, line for line, I think the teams were in pretty similar spots. So like Russell Wilson, I feel like just got a pretty neutral, uh, a, a neutral move, uh, you know, a, a slightly positive move for the the offensive line. But I mean, the the Broncos are the ones that won this whole situation, not not necessarily Russell Wilson. I don't I don't think anything changes for Russell Wilson's value or um, or anything like that. I. What do we do about the Seattle wide receivers? What do we do about Seattle in general, though? What does Seattle look like Drew now? Drew Lockett quarterback. I mean, <sighs> yeah, that looks – someone needs to explain to me why Pete Carroll at 70 years old traded away. Explain like I'm five. Quarterback. Yeah. I, I don't get why they got they got rid of Russell Wilson and then had 
had to get back Drew Locke in the trade. So I don't know what's going on. I mean, there were rumors out there um, that, you know, depending on what happens with the Deshaun Watson situation on Friday, where he's going to be uh, his, I, th- I believe it's the civil and criminal cases are going to be heard by a grand jury. Um, depending on how that goes, that Seattle was in on a potential trade for Deshaun Watson. That seems like a lot of eggs to put in one basket, um, frankly. And there are also rumors that like teams like the Carolina Panthers are also all in on Deshaun Watson. He obviously, at this point, can actually pick his landing spot because he has that no trade clause. But if you're Seattle, I feel like you have to have more than one plan. And if your plan B is we're just going to write it out with Drew Locke when Pete Carroll is 70 years old. That that's nearly as plan. Yeah. I mean, at at that point, it's like, what are we even doing here? And they released guys like Bobby Wagner, but Bobby, you know, obviously needed to go um, relative to his contract. He's kind of fallen off a cliff a little bit, but blown it up with Russ seems like that's more of a personal thing. I just don't know how they make up the difference at quarterback talent. Well, and I think that, this has to be a commitment to a rebuild, right? Because the way their roster is built right now, they look like one of the worst rosters in football, in my opinion. Like after you trade Russell and Bobby Wagner, and I know they still have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And, you know, Pete Carroll has mentioned bringing back Rashad Penny because he blew up at the end of the season when he was finally healthy. So we'll see how that goes. But their defense wasn't good last year. They don't have a pass rush. They still got Jamal Adams because they traded away a bunch of assets and gave him a big contract. But that's the our roster is straight up bad, in my opinion. And they have to be committing to a rebuild, especially if they're just saying, all right, Drew, let's see what you got. Let's see what you can do in this offense. I mean, for context, as of uh, Friday, March 11th, uh, the Seahawks are pretty much bottom of the barrel in terms of their odds to win uh, Super Bowl 57, which is kind of crazy because I think if we would have said, uh, you know, that they would be one of the the teams in the bottom 10 for, for odds to win Super Bowl 57 a year ago, I think we probably would have been surprised by that. But get this, the Carolina Panthers, as of this morning, have higher odds to or lower odds to win the Super Bowl than the Seattle Seahawks. And I think Vegas is probably right on that. The, the, the Panthers are at plus 6,000 and the Seahawks are at plus 7,000. And yeah, I think I'd, I'd be taking the Panthers at those odds. If I had to like, you know, weapon to my head, I would choose the Panthers out of that uh, nasty selection. But I mean, that just tells you, cause I'm, I'm not in on the Panthers and I still think they're the better bet. So yikes. Matt Rule's not in on the Panthers. <laughs> Matt Rule is like, please, please, a college job, open up. Can't believe Auburn didn't didn't make a co- uh, head coaching change. So he's lighting Good. candles every night uh, in in some some church there in in Carolina quietly every night after practice, just going and lighting a few candles, saying some prayers that uh, he can be released from this misery uh, sooner rather than later because this it it doesn't seem like this is the right fit for anybody so if you're seattle let's say for whatever reason you can't land deshaun watson it'd be there's an advancement in his case for for the criminal trial right or another team is after him because i feel like either of those like if either of those happen it wouldn't surprise me right you you can't put all your eggs in the deshaun watson basket if you are Pete Carroll or John Schneider, Deshaun Watson is off of the table. Where do you go from here? What do you do? Is it all like, I guess we're trading up for Malik Willis. Like, is that your only option? Yeah, I, I think so. Or, or hope he falls to you. But it, it seems like. At this rate, Malik Willis is going to go 101. Like, this is, it, it's getting ridiculous. And I think as, <laughs> as saying, we keep. What the hell with you, Trevor Lloyds? get out of here seriously like this is i mean this is getting out of hand but uh the malik willis hype like as more and more teams are now getting desperate for quarterback like yeah that feels like the option but then you have to compete with the panthers and uh i don't know man i i don't know where you go um i think you do have to 
considering, or I think you would consider moving on from DK Metcalf. And like, yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't want to do that as a franchise, but if you're this, um, this invested in a rebuild, I really do think you need to, um, you know, try to, to get whatever you can for DK Metcalf on the market. Cause he's, um, probably one of the most valuable pieces on their roster remaining. And I, I, you know, I, I think if you're this far away from a, a potential ring, I'd, I'd rather maybe move on unless you're going to make him, uh, one of the faces of your franchise. And it, it doesn't seem like that's necessarily what Seattle wants to do with DK Metcalf. They could easily get a first round pick for him right now. And- like, you know, Julio Jones, like he was like, he's for the longest time, he was, you know, one of the faces of the Atlanta Falcons. And it just doesn't seem like the Seahawks are that, that invested in making DK Metcalf, the Julio Jones of their franchise. I that's- think- I think Pete Carroll would rather pay Rashad Penny than than make DK Metcalf. Oh my goodness, <laughs> the face of the elite, franchise. elite. Look at the back half of Rashad Penny season. Yeah, don't oh, talk no. about Rashad Penny. I will cut you. Um, I love Rashad Penny, <laughs> and uh, I I think that I mean I I was thinking when they weren't totally uh, dismantling that you know that would be one of my favorite landing spots for him in free agency is just to go back to the Seahawks. Uh, if he did sign with the Seahawks, by the way, uh, he'd probably get like seven to 800 touches per season, uh, as long as Pete Carroll's there. So he might be like the RB one in fantasy football. Just saying. Yeah. If Drew Locke is under center we're we're running the ball a lot. Yeah. Over and over. Doesn't matter. Um, like load up the box. That's fine. I would still probably trust Rashad Penny to, to get some of those extra yards than I would Drew Locke. So Seattle's fantasy assets definitely took a huge hit this week. (laughs) Um, But, you know, they're not guys that I'm going to be actively targeting. Uh, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Noah Fant, like at premium draft positions when we head into our our next fantasy drafts. But, you know, we we may see those guys tank so much that there's still like value in taking them at certain spots in your fantasy draft. We just kind of got to see how that plays out. But the Indianapolis Colts also made a huge move this week, moving on from Carson Wentz after you know, playing him so much last season that it cost them a first-round pick this year. They were able to offload his contract to the Washington Commanders, who just ate a ton of salary cap and then wound up losing safety Landon Collins over it because they asked Landon Collins to take a second pay cut because they absorbed so much of that Carson Wentz deal, and he was just like, no, cut me. So they did, but how do you guys envision this thing working out in Washington? Ron Rivera, even at the NFL Combine, was like, no, we want a veteran quarterback. We're not looking at these rookie quarterbacks. We want a veteran for the way this team is built right now, which I don't know, Ron, but it doesn't seem like you guys are really like on the cusp of winning everything at the moment, and you were a Carson Wentz away or something like that. But I'm curious how you guys feel about... Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, Logan Thomas, like these fantasy assets and their value with Carson Wentz. I feel like it's a lateral move, like across the board. Um, You know, you had, uh, you know, Antonio Gibson here as a guy who we were hyping for uh, his receiving ability as a converted wide receiver. Um, Does Carson Wentz throw to the running back position more? Yes, but I still think it's a lateral move because, Washington doesn't seem in on putting him uh, and the infrastructure in place for him to uh, be catching the ball. So like Carson Wentz's uh, tendency to throw to running backs, I don't even think applies to Antonio Gibson at this point, uh, depending on what they do with, you know, uh, their backup running back position. Um, I just think everything's kind of lateral, Um, you know, Carson Wentz, even at his best, uh, you know, we really haven't seen him be producing productive wide receivers. Um, this was a first season, 2021, where he produced a uh, wide receiver with more than a thousand receiving yards uh, from balls that he threw in a single season, which is just insane because it feels like he's like 62 years old, um, and it doesn't feel like. It, it doesn't feel like he's been that bad, even though we know he's been bad. Um, but I mean, I, 
I, I think Terry McLaurin's probably the best wide receiver Carson Wentz has played with in his career, but I don't know that, uh, that Carson Wentz is the best quarterback that Terry McLaurin will have played with in his. And that's saying something. I think Washington's going to be in the quarterback market again next offseason. And <laughs> are they the new Denver? Have they what? Are they the new Denver? Are they just going to be like oh. perennially searching for the quarterback? I mean, maybe. I mean, that very well could happen. Um, I, I don't feel good for Terry. And this might be the best quarterback that Terry's played with, which is gross. Which we scary Terry. About. It Terry. is scary for Terry. Poor Terry. Yeah, He's so terrible good. for Terry. Can we talk about Chris Ballard for a second? The, the, the news broke during the uh, the Wednesday show. So we didn't really get to go into this and go into the reactions and stuff. A lot of people were like, I can't believe Chris Ballard got uh, two third round picks for Carson Wentz. What a genius. This guy has been with the Colts five seasons, has one playoff win. Just one playoff win. And he traded a first-round pick for Carson Wentz last year. Do we think he just manifested two third-round picks? No, he got a terrible return on investment on a quarterback. It cost them. I, I, I don't get the – Chris Ballard seems like he has a lot of friends in the media, right? He's a solid He's a solid drafter, but they never use the cap space. And they haven't made a big swing at the quarterback position. Like, I guess you could say well, Wentz was their big swing, but if that's your big swing, that's a mistake. Like the, the the Colts got to figure something out. I mean, the Colts are definitely not uh, not in a position to be flexing. Uh, despite yes, you got a return for Carson Wentz, but uh, you know, again, should you have ever made that trade to begin with? Uh, the interesting kind of narratives that are coming out this week. The Athletic posted a really uh, fascinating article on Wentz and his time with the Colts and the relationship. He had, uh, you know, even with Frank Reich, doesn't sound like that was going uh, any way that it. Oh, they said that Frank Reich like personally apologized to the team and was like, <laughs> "I'm sorry for stecky, st- uh, sticking my neck out there and vouching for this guy." Yeah. Like, and that, like that, that's I mean, not good. I mean, if you're a Washington fan and you hear that, right? Like, oh my god. That, and then, that, like the thing is, it's it's a plus that like you recognize the mistake and you move on. So like I do want to give credit to that, but it's it's a big swing and a miss, and you have to uh, you have to take the criticisms that that come along with that. But yeah, he's not he's not in a great position, which is kind of crazy because I think any of us have looked at this indie roster over the last couple of seasons and said they should be a lot better they should be in a much better position um, in the postseason than they are. Uh, they, they feel like a win now team that can't win. And it, it, well, it, it's frustrating. And yeah, I do agree with you on Chris Ballard. Like, you know, he has done a good job for the most part in, in drafting players and they've got some legitimate stars on this Colts roster and Jonathan Taylor, Darius Leonard, DeForest Buckner. I think Michael Pittman, has like star potential, but I don't know what the plan is with Chris Ballard because we spent years praising him for, you know, trading back, acquiring picks, acquiring draft capital and saving cap space that was supposed to lead to the Colts spending up big once they built the roster back up and, and, you know, and making themselves like a legitimate contender again. And that just hasn't really happened. And so, I mean, they're just going to run it back with this roster without a first round pick, without a quarterback. I mean, it's anticlimactic. Like, there's all this buildup for the Colts, and you know that there's reason for the buildup, but um, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a, a, a comparison for this. Like, guys, if we had spent this, this entire time recording this podcast and, um, forgot to schedule it out like feels like there's all this work and then they forgot to do the one thing that they actually needed to do uh to make things successful that might have been a bad analogy but like or maybe spending hours doing your homework and then just never turning it in like you just never got the credit for it like that's just where the Colts feel like they're at and shame on the Washington commanders for falling trapped to this like just it's it's gross on gross and bleh yeah. The, the Colts had a nine o'clock 
uh, recording time. Thought they set the alarm for eight fifteen, <laughs> and then it was actually nine fifteen. It's hard to back. relate to that, right? I mean, come on. I, I would never. I could never. Washington's definitely the first team that you call, though. Like when you got to offload Carson Wentz. Like there, there, there's not very many teams in the NFL that I feel hey, like. Hey man, you can find the sucker. Like, find the sucker. Yeah. Hey man, uh, you guys interested in Carson Wentz and taking all of his cap space? Yes, yes, we'd love that. That way, we have a quarterback for next season. And the Colts are just like, hell yeah, please. Did you, take him. Did you see the initial offer? Him. The initial offer that Washington went to them with was like a fourth and a sixth. And they got a third immediately, <laughs> and then a third that conditionally turns into a second. So, like, I didn't realize that, the second third was conditional. It's yeah, it's it's if if Wentz plays seventy percent of the snaps, it turns into a second round pick. Man, they just they threw on some of that juice that they got juiced on, uh, and just tossed it tossed it over to the Commanders. There. Do you that, think? Do you think Washington? Because the Colts had too much pride, right? To say to hell with it, we're not going to lose the first round pick. Do you think Washington Washington is going to have too much pride next year to to bench Wentz at any point? Do you think there's any way that they move him to the bench to save draft capital? Yeah. Do you think like the issue is with Carson Wentz is that I mean he's I like I feel like he's in a similar tier to like a he's a worse Derek Carr at this point. Like, can he make some some good plays? Yeah. Um, like, is he an upgrade from Taylor Heineke? Maybe slightly. Um, but he's one of these guys that I think he's always going to be good enough where you can still justify in certain terms, keeping him on the field. And that's probably what's going to be most problematic for Washington is that he's not going to be bad enough to justify benching him. Once you've sent, uh, some picks over for him and you've taken on that contract, He's just going to be um, like too quote unquote good. Uh, and I think that, you know, I don't think this is going to work out in Washington long term, but Carson Wentz would probably get an opportunity somewhere else after this. It's I think the biggest red flag for me, and it's not even necessarily his on field play, which now we've seen he can make plays. He can be a, a functional starting quarterback, but he's not a great starting quarterback. It's the fact that now we've seen back-to-back circumstances where it just doesn't seem like he's a coachable quarterback. Like we we had, we've seen two different coaching staffs just be like, "Please take him. We got to get him out of here. We do not enjoy having him on our football team." Frank Reich apologized. He apologized to the team. He apologized so to ownership. Bad. He apologized to the GM. Like that. That's not good. That's not a good sign. Uh, Ron Rivera has already dealt with so much in Washington. Why does he want to play on hard mode? I don't understand. It. I that's what I don't understand is that you're um actually I I do have one question for you guys just to make sure I'm totally clear on this. So uh obviously the the trade can't go through until the league season actually starts, correct? Right. Can Washington rescind the trade? <laughs> I think because... they would have to they would have to say like Wentz failed a physical, right? Which is kind of like a it, it's way more subjective. But it's not realize, it's but... not official yet, right? So like right. isn't it kind of like uh I mean trade hasn't gone through. You've agreed quote unquote agreed to terms, but it's not like is the ink really really signed? Because if I were the Washington commanders looking at some of the narratives about the the culture around Carson Wentz, I'd be considering, you know, like that trade revoke button in fantasy football uh, that when the, the trade hasn't gone through, I don't know. I like, I don't, I don't know how that works. I'm wondering if you guys have any more insight to that. Cause if I were the commanders, I'd be scooching my butt out of there. Didn't the Colts throw in an extra seventh round pick or something like the day after the trade? <laughs> Yeah, I think call? I think everything has to just be like you're you're negotiating in good faith. So I don't think you could full blown yeah. rescind the offer unless you failed him for a physical. I I, I think that's how that works. I, I think I think that has happened before, but yeah, it's always a circumstance like that where uh, the team staff identified an injury or something that they didn't say an, an injury. Yeah, air quotes. Yeah, we always trust the Washington Commanders to be uh, upholding the. Uh, morality codes of oh, especially, especially their medical staff right I mean it's not like yeah. a guy like Trent Williams would have completely just like iced out the franchise after they 
basically ignored the fact that he had a brain tumor or something. The the like, medical staff in Washington would never do that. No. Um, so I think what we can take away from this is that Washington has integrity and they would never do anything to, to justify uh, their new franchise quarterback. Yeah. That's why they brought in Carson Wentz. And so they took on all that cap space to, uh, to try to build this thing into a winner with Ron Rivera and Carson Wentz. But yeah, it's looking ugly in Washington, but let's take a quick time out right now. When we get back, we have our top five free agent fits that we would like to see heading into NFL free agency. It's coming up next on NFL reacts. Support for this show comes from Sylvan learning as a parent. You want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a... 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Y'all about to get ready to roll, man. So y'all put the kids to bed. I'm betting one more. Over. Under. I'm betting on myself. Across the board. Welcome back into NFL Reacts. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride, joined as always by Kate Magic of DK Nation, as well as Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co., we already mentioned it's been an absolutely crazy week across the NFL. Free agency hasn't even started. Um, once free agency pops off, that's like one of my favorite times of the year in the NFL when contracts are just flying, guys are moving cities and teams, we're updating our fantasy football drafts and like where we have guys going. I, I love free agency across the NFL. So we, we've got some guys that we would like to see land on particular teams, fits that we really love. Um I think Kate might like this one. It's my top one. I think that I want to see happen is Jameis Winston go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, please. There's, you know, there's reports that it's likely he could stay with the Saints. I think that's a terrible move for Jameis, who can be a fun starting quarterback, a more than competent starting quarterback in my mind. And the weapons in Pittsburgh that they already have in their group of wide receivers, I would love to see Jameis Winston actually throwing deep balls to chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson and like what they would look like with a functional quarterback based on what we've gotten from Ben the last couple of years. Yeah. I think that would be so much fun. And I think that would be a huge bump. I mean, like chase Claypool is a guy that's been sort of falling in the ranks uh, for many reasons for fantasy football, but like a, a guy like Jameis Winston, who's just willing to straight up chuck up the ball and uh, generate a play. Like he's a guy that, you know, at Jameis Winston could change the entire landscape of that team. Uh, I do worry that it'd be a hit to my Deontay Johnson shares, but um, I, I, I would love this fit as a fan, especially. What do we think about Mason Rudolph's chances to start week no. one for the nope. Steelers? No, the, the Steelers media seems like they're in on the Mason Rudolph thing. I, I saw a, a beat writer be like, I can't believe the national conversation on, on Mason Rudolph right now. I'm like, what are we talking about? This guy's been terrible every time he stepped on the field. I, I, I don't, as a fan, I don't want to see it. Would it surprise me at all? No. Cause I think the Steelers are a team that very much likes being comfortable and they know Mason Rudolph and Mason Rudolph would probably keep them more comfortable than taking a risk. But I mean, if you, if you want to be in a position where you could, actually see this offense do something give me Jameis Winston who uh, I think is a quarterback that could outplay uh, a guy like Matt Canada's poor offensive play calling yeah I would love to see Jameis Winston 
with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I think it would make a lot of sense. I really hope Jameis doesn't just go back to New Orleans. Boring. I don't think that makes sense for him. You know, Sean Payton's not there anymore. And I, I feel like they kind of slowed Jameis down a lot last year in New Orleans. Like, you know, he had a lot of those games where they, they just weren't letting him throw the football. And I think that was Sean Payton's way uh, of trying to limit the Jameis mistakes and, and the, the ridiculous interceptions and stuff like that. I think that's just how you got to live with Jameis Winston. Just let him be Jameis. Let him sling the football down the field because that's entertaining and it's fun. And I just want to say there's also like there's a happy medium, I think, between what he did with Bruce Arians and what he did with the Saints. Like, I think maybe pulling the reins back slightly like Sean Payton was probably a good coach to wrangle him in a little bit. But maybe Pittsburgh could be the happy medium of of those two two schemes and. Maybe that's the perfect fit for Jameis Winston. Please, oh, please, let's do it. Yes, let's absolutely make it happen. And we were just talking about the Colts, another free agent that I would really like to see. And, you know, we talked about some of the talented players that the Colts have on their roster. We mentioned it on this podcast a couple of weeks ago. I really want to see Marcus Mariota go to Indianapolis. And I know the last time we saw Marcus Mariota as a starting quarterback, he, you know, wasn't exactly a game breaker and he wasn't exactly like a franchise passer or anything like that. I think his injuries stacked up a lot and and he had the uh, ligament injury that was kind of keeping him from being able to throw the football the way that he wanted to. I just think that there was a lot left on the table with Marcus Mariota as a quarterback in Tennessee. And I would like to see what that looks like with a guy like Frank Reich, who we do kind of praise is like, being an offensive minded head coach, being a guy who's friendly to quarterbacks. I would just like to see what that looks like for Marcus Mariota. Okay. Question for you, Steven, the Colts right now, their odds to win the Super Bowl in the season to come are at plus 3000. They have the uh, 14th best odds among the 32 NFL franchises. Would Marcus Mariota bump them into the top 10? No, probably not. I, so it's I, a lateral move. I seriously doubt it, but I, I think it's kind of similar to Ryan Tannehill going to the Titans in the first place. Like that, that guy showed glimpses in Miami. It never really worked out, and he's you know functional in Tennessee. I, I just want to see what Marcus Mariota looks like in an offense that could actually like try to build around him. Never let that be the feedback on your performance review. Functional. <laughs> Tannehill's making all that money. Yeah. I looked at it. I looked at it when there were the rumors for uh, Rogers potentially going to Tennessee when Florio, you know, said that there were rumors of that happening. Tannehill's got an insane dead cap right now. So let, let's hope you know Marcus Mariota teams up with offensive coordinator Marcus Brady, and then uh, Mariota gets paid. Yeah, let's make it happen. Uh, Kate, I know you got a couple of free agents. I want to. I want to hear what you got. All right, uh, this one, I'm, I'm going to like throw it back in reverse here. I want to send Allen Robinson back to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I think it would be a really interesting fit because he comes, uh, you know, I, I don't think there was any real, you know, bad blood there in Jacksonville. We know there was bad blood there uh, with the Bears. It might, uh, you know, feel good for Allen Robinson to go to a familiar place where he knows once again, he will ultimately reign as the number one option by a decent margin. Uh, We know what Allen Robinson has been able to accomplish in terms of, I think, elevating the quarterbacks around him. We saw that with Blake Bortles, saw that with Mitch Trubisky. I'd love to see what way, if any, uh, Allen Robinson could elevate Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Because I think we'd all agree that Trevor Lawrence is a better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky and Blake Bortles. Is that, that's consensus, right? We're good there. Yes, I agree with that. Okay, so send Allen Robinson to Jacksonville where he can have this resurgence and get the volume he needs to be a happy bear. Well, not anymore, not a happy bear, uh, a happy jaguar and uh, just ride off into the sunset with Trevor Lawrence. I think that'd be so fun. Another fit I would like to see, Juju Smith-Schuster head to the Philadelphia Eagles As a Steelers fan, I very much want him to remain in Pittsburgh, but I think Juju playing out of the slot would be such a huge, uh, a huge advantage for a franchise that's seemingly going all in on Jalen Hurts as their franchise quarterback. 
get a reliable guy out of the slot like Juju Smith-Schuster, who um, I like, I, I think if, um, you know, if I were a quarterback in the NFL and I had one guy that I wanted to rely on to uh, catch a critical first down ball uh, in, you know, maybe the final drive of the Super Bowl, I honest to God think it'd probably be Juju Smith-Schuster because he think he's, he's got some clutch factor. I think he'd be somebody that raises the, the floor for a, a guy like Jalen Hurts as a passer so significantly I think he'd make the offense infinitely better. Um, and I mean, they had Quez Watkins lead the team in, in targets out of the slot last year. Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, though I love the speed out of Watkins, is a huge upgrade. I actually really like that. Um, I like Juju Smith-Schuster as a player and as a wide receiver. He's a guy that obviously was you know, reportedly offered a contract by the Kansas City Chiefs last year, and then he decided to go back to Pittsburgh on a cheaper one-year deal. And he's a guy that people keep linking to the Kansas City Chiefs. I never thought Juju made a ton of sense for the Chiefs because he's a guy who plays mostly out of the slot, and I think that's where he's best at. And you know, the Chiefs like to use Kelsey and Hill that way. So he he's not a guy traditionally who's had a ton of success when he's had to split out wide and, and face some of these bigger cornerbacks in the NFL. But if he can be a strictly slot wide receiver, I think he can still be a productive player. So I think the Eagles is actually like a really good landing spot for him. I got one for Lorenzo Fadakasi. He is a great defensive tackle prospect. He can play the nose. The the Chargers now after you know the uh, the Khalil Mack trade, their biggest need by far is nose tackle. Jerry Tillery was getting knocked back on every single play last season. Had maybe maybe the worst consistent defensive line film I've ever seen of, of like a full year starter by, by any NFL guy I've, I've ever witnessed. If Fadakasi ends up signing with the chargers and they have the gap space to be able to do some of this stuff. I mean, they just traded for Khalil Mack salary. Didn't alter the contract at all. Aren't pushing the money forward. As far as we know, I think that's a signing that could, could potentially tr- change like the trajectory of that defense entirely. And I think this is the type of guy who probably is going to go underlooked. Like a guy like Linval Joseph, maybe you could fit in there, but any nose tackle to the Chargers would be a top five free agent fit that I'd want to see. Just any functional middle. A warm body. Just a warm <laughs> body is what we're asking for at this point. Yeah. All right. Suit up, Justice. You're your next man up. I don't know if I'm a warm body. I don't, I don't, I don't whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Debatable. Let's take a, yeah, I don't know if they need a give me a couple nine, mimosas uh, and I'll be tackle. good. I'll step in. <laughs> uh, and I mean, that's just how bad the Chargers' defensive line was last year. So now you add in Khalil Mack, you get anybody in the middle who can help stop the run. Like all of a sudden, you're like, okay, with all the stars that they have on that defense, that Chargers' defense is scary, along with everything that the Broncos are doing, and then the Chiefs. It seems like Kansas City Chiefs fans are like desperate to make moves. I know we already gave five free agents, but I'm going to slip one more in because Chiefs fans are absolutely desperate for them to do anything, even though it's still super early. Free agency hasn't even started yet, but because the Broncos and the Chargers, Chiefs fans are just desperate for a move right now. I originally wanted Michael Gallup to be a guy that the Chiefs targeted in free agency, but it's seeming more and more likely he is definitively re-signing with the Dallas Cowboys. They're trying to trade Amari Cooper, but I don't know if the Chiefs are going to be willing to give up draft capital for that. I would be really intrigued in Will Fuller signing with the Kansas City Chiefs. It's, you know, I know they have Tyreek Hill. They have McCole Hardman. They've already got these speed wide receivers, but the Chiefs have never prioritized size in their wide receivers. It's all speed. It's all get down the field as fast as possible, uh, make big plays. Let's figure that out. And I think that Will Fuller, when he's healthy and, you know, he only had the one season where he got popped for using steroids and that was happened to be the one year that he stayed healthy, but he's shown that he can be a legitimate playmaker in the NFL. And he's got some jump ball ability that I don't think McCall Hardman has when they have to use him on the outside. So if Will Fuller can stay healthy or, you know, even just give you like 12 games and then like a playoff run, I think Will Fuller could have a huge impact and he's not going to cost you anything at this point in his career. 12 good games, uh, maybe a, a, you know, a blurb in your contract clause. Like we will not test you for PEDs during this span of time where you are healthy. Um, 
something, something like that. But I mean, Will Fuller, he's definitely, uh, he's a very high upside player when healthy. Um, I think the, the chiefs do a good enough job of elevating some of these like low key guys, like, uh, you know, a, a Byron Pringle who isn't necessarily like, uh, you know, the key number two wide receiver on any team. And he might not even be a wide receiver three on any team, but Patrick Mahomes is good enough to elevate anybody else outside of that, uh, that Will Fuller realm for when he's not available. So I, I think that would be a really interesting move. And I, my goodness gracious, like it, Patrick Mahomes is going to be drafted as like the negative five quarterback off the board. If he's going to be playing with uh, Will Fuller, because God, that, that upside is wild. Whoever signs Will Fuller, just get your sports science guys on like, Hey, <laughs> we need, we need 200 pages on soft tissue injury prevention. Like we, we just need this done ahead of time. Don't well, send them to like a Washington. Don't send them to any, we need a good healthcare system in place guys. Well, I, I think the chief's trainer, Rick Burkholder, I think he just won like trainer of the year or something too. Excellent. So, <laughs> Perfect. He's got, he's got a good track record of uh, keeping the guys on the field and Will Fuller's injury last year was a finger injury. So he's got fresh right. legs headed into this off season. So if he stays healthy, maybe those hamstrings will finally hold up for Will Fuller. I, I, I'm really intrigued about him heading into free. I, re- I remember when Will Fuller was coming out of the draft because he had the, the hamstring injuries even at Notre Dame, right? And my whole thought was, I have never heard of a player having a career derailed by hamstring injuries. So I, I, I just don't think it's like a chronic thing that's just going to keep happening. And this, mind you, is I, I am not a doctor by any means, <laughs> right? I'm just going with the anecdote of I've never heard a hamstring, you know, cost a player a career. You heard it, it first like, from Dr. Mosqueda. This is as close as we've seen, right, to like hamstrings, like serious issue for this guy to the point that he could be like a, a Pro Bowl level wide receiver if he just sees the field consistent. Yeah. I mean, Julio Jones has had the hamstring issue for the last couple of years now, but he's obviously an older wide receiver. Like Will Fuller's right. still young. And when he stayed on the field, he's shown like, that dude's got so much upside. It's just the injuries have always been there, and he's never been able to stay on the field. Hopefully he can do that this season, because I do think that football is more fun when Will Fuller is healthy and when he's got a good quarterback throwing him the football. So I would definitely like to see that this year. Thank you guys so much for listening to this edition of NFL Reacts. Uh, please make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing on Apple and Spotify. You can follow Kate on Twitter at FFBallBlast. You can follow Justice at J-U-M-O-S-Q. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. We'll talk to you guys next week.